A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 143. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week on Insight Sunday we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. In part two of my Insight Sunday conversation with Tracy, She digs into what happens when entrepreneurs and leaders look beyond the horizon and dig deeper into what holds them back from making progress. She also shares how she helps entrepreneurs and leaders shift into creating more engagement, presence, and fun in their workplace, increase their bottom line, and create more fulfillment beyond just the numbers and financials at work. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. I also find when we go out to whatever that magic wand space is, the 10,000 foot view, the five years out looking back, sometimes I'll have a client tell me their story in the present tense five years out as if they've done everything they ever dreamed of. And it's 
first it's a little robotic and then they get into it and they get into flow and they start saying, oh, and I forgot to tell you that I did this other thing and it was so cool. And, you know, so it's very exciting to watch that turn on for them. And it also informs what the steps will actually be. So even if I'm working with a client on a consulting project and I'm not really coaching them, of course I'm, you know, I'll ask permission and I'll ask questions, but sometimes my consulting will be a little bit more directive because that's what's expected in consulting, but I still want to make sure that we're aiming toward that amazing magic wand picture. And so we find that once we get clear on, well, once everything's been achieved, all this stuff in the middle that gets in the way from that side is already handled. And so the perspective changes on what needs to be accomplished. The list of things to do never really changes. We can't skip steps, but it doesn't feel like a big mountain to climb because we're already on the other side of it looking back. So I find that to be, it's a tool that I use, but it's also so liberating (laughs) just to get into a space of it's already done. And I find that clients will get more hopeful and see what's possible. And once they know what's possible, then they want to take the steps, even if it's a really long list of steps to take. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, it's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) And I love digging into it because it's really clear how passionate you are and how much this is really your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like I can often see where my clients are headed before they can. And that's when, as I told you, I don't talk if I sit on my hands. So I will sit on my hands so I'm not giving insights before they're ready for them. Mm -hmm. That is so hard. (laughs) But I don't want to overwhelm them. You know, they're just inquiring about services. So for me to be like, oh, you know, you're going to do all these things. It's going to be great. And you're going to achieve everything might be a little too airy-fairy in the moment. But it's also, they start to feel that I've got something that I'm not sharing. So then they start mm-hmm. asking what's happening here. You know, So yeah, yeah, it's fun. It sounds like such a blast and at times really challenging. And again, what I'm hearing is you're trying really hard to listen and pay attention and be where they are. Mm-hmm. And if they're not yet ready or they're not kind of signed up yet for that, then trying to get them there wouldn't really be helpful yet. Mm-mm. And it would be... I'm not in the business of rushing. If I have somebody who's inquired and they're not sure, I don't go thinking like, oh, I must not have shown them the value. This is what some of the sales gurus will do, you know, beat you upside the head. I think, okay, they're not there yet. It's okay. So, you know, usually my tactic is to get them on the calendar again in a week or two and let's just touch base, see how you're doing. If they're open to it, I might give them an assignment and it's something to start paying attention to the possibilities and the things that come up for you and how your focus starts to narrow mm-hmm. as you look for and listen for certain things. And then they come back and go, whoa, <laughs> do you have a crystal ball? I don't know. This is, we just fine-tuned your brain a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's not a crystal ball. I would hate to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I love to do it with my own self. Sometimes I'll take myself through the process and make sure that it's working because sometimes I think I might be a little bit difficult to coach because I'm listening for patterns and questions and thinking about stuff. And that's where I go. (laughs) So I want to make sure that I can be a step ahead of my clients as well. Yeah. And I find it so interesting that what you talk about that you do with your clients and how you kind of walk people into their future 
mm. into their dreams, their goals is something that you also carve out the time and you make a priority to do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm launching something new or considering doing something new, I'll take myself through the same process. I would take a client through and some of it is something I've developed. It's a really a Bruce Lee of all kinds of programs and trainings and whatnot. But I've found that what I've melded together seems to work really well with the clients that I attract. Yeah. When I take myself through that process, I always learn something Hmm. and I get more clear and and I'll say every time I either don't do the process at all or don't complete it or try to skip steps because I think I don't need it, I make more mistakes and it takes longer to get there. Mm. So I'll even tell a potential client, I have no doubt that you'll achieve everything that you aim to achieve. The thing about coaching or coach consulting relationship is that I can support you in slowing down in order to speed up. And it's a lot of my clients kick and scream that first month or six weeks that we're working together. And then they thank me when things start mm. really turning for them. Yeah. It reminds me so much of what you were talking about when you were put in the director of ops position, where the first thing you did was to slow down. And it led to a lot of frustration in the corporate office. They were like, why are you slowing down? We want to speed up. We want to make change. And the slowing down is a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. to being able to make that change, to be able to speed up. Really, it's about being able to change direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, I hadn't made that connection before that that's just the way that I do things. The training that I did supported that, gave me, I think highly credentialed individuals often think that we need more credentials mm-hmm. in order to do the thing we're going into. I'm very thankful for my coach training, but one of the things that my coach who trained me said is you already have all of this, but now you have names for it. So it'll give you the confidence to take it out there as your toolkit, but you already have it. You do mm-hmm. it intuitively. It's just how you roll. And I was like, well, I couldn't see that at the time. So I definitely lacked the confidence to go out there without the certification. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that there's something really important in there that I want to draw out and maybe talk a little bit more about, which is as you're talking about it, it occurs to me that some people get stuck in this kind of loop of learning where they don't feel like they know what they're doing yet, or they don't know, or don't have the answer. They don't know exactly how they're going to do something. And so they go out to learn and then they learn. And part of what they find out is, oh, there's all this other stuff that I don't know, or, (laughs) you know, here's what I have learned. And maybe they'll try some of it. And if it doesn't work out, then they'll And even if some of it does, they're like, well, I still have so much more to learn. And then they'll go right back into a learning phase. And for some, it can even paralyze them from taking that next action. Mm -hmm. I see that very commonly among perpetual learning leaders and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting how you're kind of pinpointing that. And one thing that's really come up for me recently a lot is that I've been putting together a framework. I have this framework for understanding change and Mm -hmm. being able to move from a place of not knowing and really not even being aware to doing or being able to do what it is that we need to do to become then or to have our company or business become what we want it to become or what we want it to be. And one of the pieces of that process is gathering or taking in information. And then there's a gap between Mm. that and the next step, which is being able to communicate or to talk or share. And then there's another gap from being able to talk about it to taking action on it. Mm -hmm. And what I find is there are a lot of people who go in a loop 
they don't really traverse the gap between taking in information and being able to talk or being able to do something about it. And you see that a lot with information products also, where most people, they just, they're in that cycle of taking in information. They're not traversing the gaps. And Mm -hmm. what you can do is you can build a bridge between the gap from maybe even not being aware to gaining information or learning or knowing, and then another gap to being able to articulate it, to put the vision down, as you said, with the exercise that you do, both with your clients and with yourself, being able to put that down to express it mm-hmm. takes a whole different kind of and requires and tails and creates a whole different kind of processing. There's a piece of creation that happens when we envision something, when we start to put it into words or put it on paper in writing, there's something that happens. And then there's still another gap between that and doing something. I find with a lot of my clients, because I do work with a lot of physicians in private practice, I work with one of my favorite clients is actually a an accountant. <laughs> so I tend to work with highly credentialed individuals who are lifelong learners and very analytical and very linear. And I find it fascinating when they hold themselves in that loop because that doesn't feel linear to me at all. And I often find I'll spend a session or two working on building confidence and the way we build confidence is by doing. And so, you know, yes, in coaching, we're not always telling people what to do, but I'll assign something and ask for it to come back to me before our next session. And they hate that, but they also appreciate it, you know, but it Mm -hmm. helps break that cycle. Even one of my mentors used the analogy of a car that's stalled and it's a stick shift, right? So you put it in neutral and you start to push it. And the hardest part is just getting it to move. But once it starts moving, then you gain momentum and you're now you're walking and then you start running. And by the time you're running, then you can jump in and put in first gear and pop the clutch and off you go. Hopefully it worked. Mm -hmm. That to me is the key is just taking any step. Oprah says, what's the next best step? Just anything. And if you're not ready in here, beware of this, but so a little pause on that, put a pin in that, go do something over there for five minutes to create the feeling of momentum and then come back. Because sometimes to get unstuck, we need to literally unstick ourselves from the thing we're trying to do. That can also become a little bit of a pattern where the go off to do something else for five minutes turns into three hours. And so we're aware of that. We use a lot of my clients use timers Mm -hmm. (laughs) as do I (laughs) a lot of timers in our house. So I feel like it's helpful and just momentum is our friend building momentum and moving forward because the reality is we're going to make mistakes along the way and we're going to start at point a eventually we'll get to point B, but it's never a direct line ever. And if it is, it is not a big enough goal. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I struggle with that personally. I always want to skip steps and just get to the end. That's kind of my mm-hmm. mentality. I want to get that done. And I shouldn't say I struggle with it. I have systems now in place so that I don't struggle with that and I don't stay stuck. Mm-hmm. So that's so interesting. I'm hearing in a way there's a kind of impatience wanting to get to the end result. Mm-hmm. which I'm going to raise my hand and acknowledge, you know, I'm just as guilty of myself. Yeah, both hands up here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to also say that it seems so interesting to me that what you shared again, from even the director position and also as a coach, what you work with people on is that lack of patience, that rush 
and slowing it down. And it's so interesting how much it cuts across really kind of your lifetime of work Mm -hmm. that you've been doing that with others. And you also notice that that's in you. And again, I raise my hand and say, it's in me too. I love to say, actually, this is an old story. When I was in 10th grade, my plan was to complete 11th grade, go get my GRE and go to college and skip 12th grade. And one of the things my parents asked me at some point is like, why are you in such a rush? Mm-hmm. And the question wasn't like, no, you're not. Or like, do you really think you can do this? It was like, why are you in such a rush to do this? Like, where are you really trying to get to? How fast are you trying to get there? It was such a part of my upbringing to have to slow that down, to recognize that I wanted to jump ahead. And so many people do. It's one of the things I think that's the nature of having such a big, grand, beautiful vision. And at the same time, we can really trip on our own feet when we're not taking enough steps. Yeah. When I was on that consulting project in Nigeria, our lead, our head consultant said, you and this other team member, you're such opposites, which is great because you balance each other out. Like he gets too nitty gritty and you go way high in the sky and we just need to bring you down a couple, like back into the atmosphere. (laughs) To It doesn't have to be as big, but your vision is so huge. So... I didn't realize that at the time, but that was really eye-opening for me and really supportive in me learning how to get things done in a timely fashion so that I was still staying on track on the part that I had promised to deliver for that consulting project. Otherwise, I very likely would have turned it into a gigantic entire African continent project by the time Mm. I was done with it. And that doesn't always get results. (laughs) So that was a really, it was a pivotal time. You know, I was probably 20, 28, 29 around there. And that really had an impact for me that to hear that from somebody who I respected and admired to say, you know, bring it down. Yeah. (laughs) So interesting. I wish we had more time to dive into that. Let's jump into a couch round and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Alrighty. So first question in your experience, does growth happen in quantum leaps or in small increments? I really think both. I think it depends on how you start. So it can be incremental and then quantum, or it can be nothing, 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 and then quantum. Mm -hmm. I still think that it takes time to get there. Yeah, it's like that car analogy you were talking about before. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is the first pushes to start Mm -hmm. getting the ball rolling. And then sometimes it suddenly it's in 60 and you have no idea how it got there. Right, (laughs) exactly. That's life. Yeah. Next question, is innate talent or skill development more important in business? Hands down, skill development. Innate talent in anything, in music and sports, in business and entrepreneurship and leadership, education, it's just not enough. We still Mm. need to sharpen the saw. We need to continue to work to improve and to learn, but still take action. Mm -hmm. Not get stuck in the loop of learning. Not get stuck in the loop of learning, yes. Yeah. Next question. What type of content have you been consuming lately and how do you like to consume content? I listen to a handful of podcasts. I am not a good multitasker, so I often binge them when I'm driving places. So I was recently driving between North Carolina and Georgia and I listened to several episodes of yours. I really love Hello 7 podcast with Rachel Rogers. She's just really insightful and phenomenal. And I love her approach to educating people on what makes them tick Mm -hmm. and then showing how you can build your business with your gifts and talents. 
I do. I read books. I'm, I'm trying to remember which book. So a book I recently read that's actually informing a workshop series that I'm putting together is The Feminine Revolution, which is about feminine leadership traits and how traditionally they've been frowned upon, but they're actually mm-hmm. our superpowers as women, that there's a lot that we bring to the world that can counterbalance some of the heaviness of the masculine stuff that's gone awry. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Next question, what is or are your non-negotiables in life, whether that's routines, values, time you protect, anything else? For me, it's always values. My time is important to me and I have teenagers. So my time isn't always my own and we're often moving in at warp speed in many directions. And so I've learned to let go of possessing my time. Mm -hmm. Um, But my values are always 100% solid. Do you mind sharing some of those values? I believe it's really important to listen. And it's also a skill that I continue to develop and work on, especially with my children, as we were talking about earlier. It's so important to listen and pay attention. It's not always good to act first. And so I've made a lifelong effort at observing, even if it's just for a second before I choose to do something, unless it's an emergent situation where instinct kicks in. So that's a big one for me as well. Really pause, reflect a little bit, take a breath, count to five. (laughs) It's the slowing down again. It is the slowing down. I mean, I'm just wired up to want to fix everything all the time. And so Mm -hmm. I've really needed to learn many times the hard way that that's not effective. That's not Mm -hmm. always what others need. And it's very often not what they want. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Last question for today, where and how can people find and connect with you and what kind of outreach is welcome versus may not be so welcome? Hmm. Uh, the easiest place to connect with me is through my website and that's tracytrapesky.com. I would love it if people would come and give the podcast a listen over at the Entrepreneur Mindset Reset podcast. Uh, there's a lot of great content, a really wide variety of guests, and I, I've just been having so much fun with it. And I'm on LinkedIn. I think that's a great place to connect professionally. If somebody is interested and would like to just learn more about what I do, they can certainly contact me through my website or through LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes so that you all listening have that right at your fingertips. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining and sharing your thoughts and wisdom as an entrepreneur, as a change creator, as somebody who helps leadership develop and helps companies and organizations really reach towards their goals and they get inspired and they aspire to more. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of that. I hope you guys listening have really gained a lot out of my conversation today with Tracy. And just to recap some of the things we talked about. So Tracy, you shared your own journey into through corporate America, into recognizing that you've always really been someone who creates and likes to create the change. And that in the process of doing that, you've really learned to listen and how much that can frustrate the corporate office. And sometimes the corporate office is like, you know, the executive in our heads. And sometimes the corporate office is like the corporate office. And also thank you for sharing the way in which you came to realize through people telling you that coaching is your calling. When we talked a little bit about how 
people can get stuck in the learning loop. And you mentioned that with credentials. And it's also true for people who are trying to find answers or to aspire or move into the next steps for themselves and for their companies. Thank you also for sharing how you learned through being a director of ops that it's really important to take that time to slow down. And that slowing down will help speed up even when whether it's your client or the company doesn't quite understand it yet. And thank you again for also sharing that there's a part of you, almost like it's tattooed on your forehead, that there's a tell me your story stuck there and how much you really care to learn and understand. And you shared also talked about the tip of the iceberg, how there's just a little bit that people are aware of or show us. And then there's also what's beyond the horizon. There's also what's underneath the tip of that iceberg. So thank you for sharing so much of yourself and how you think and your mindset and how you approach and help companies and entrepreneurs and leaders. Mm, It's my pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 